Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restina and Robert. Your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. Hey, 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 welcome, welcome, welcome to Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rasita and Robert. I'm Rasita, I'm your host, and I'm joined by my esteemed co-host and brother in the martial arts, Sifu Robert Steele. Hey, Bob, how's it going down there in sunny Burbank, man? Well, it's it, it's actually going well. You know, I you took me back to my childhood a second ago. I What's thought that? I was watching Fat. I thought I was watching Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids again. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <laughs> Dynamic Don't Jump Talk Radio, and for all our listeners out there, our phone number here is 347-677-0699, and uh, stay tuned, because after our first segment, we're going to be opening the phone lines, and we're going to be having a discussion about uh, how training styles and why we train in the martial arts and stuff like that can and sometimes are affected by our beliefs and our uh, opinions. So tune in for that. And we'd love to hear from you guys uh, about, um, about this subject. We're going to be ranging from uh, topics such as the whole, like, it's not going to work in the ring mentality, the whole no pain, no gain mentality, stuff like that and how it affects our training. All right. So, hey, how was your week so far there, Bob? Good. You know, I have a small story to to share. This has never happened before, and it will probably never happen again. So I'm driving my for Lyft on Friday. I pick up this really Uh nice girl. I take her to Highland Park. Now, Highland Park is about 19, 20 miles away from the airport. I pick her up at Burbank Airport. Yeah, I uh-huh. on, on the way I can compl- I complain about my my vent uh, uh, phone caddy that because I got a new mm-hmm. phone it's too small and she said well let me help you out with that she works for Dish Network and <clears throat> they have these promotional things it happens to be a vent phone holder that opens like twice as wide as mine does so it was perfect right wow uh, right. so but that's that's not the story. So I drop her off at her house 20 miles from the airport. I go back to the airport to pick up somebody else, right? I Uh pick up two other people, newlywed husband and wife. I take them Uh to the exact same address I dropped my pastor off the time before. Whoa. The exact same driveway. Never happened before. 
probably will never happen again. That's kind of weird. I told <laughs> I told another driver that, and he says that never happened. And he's been driving for a couple of years. Wow, that's that's so weird. Yeah, that's so and they, weird. They I mean, came was from, it... they came from different places too. It was a part building. One, the girl came from San Jose. The other, the couple came from New York, and live in the same building. Oh, okay. So it it was an apartment building. Wow, what are the odds, right? Yeah, <laughs> about a million, about a million to one. Yeah, wow. Especially with that many people, like, and just in that general area that you're driving through and stuff like that. Wow, that's right. pretty wild. Right. Right on. It's very well, my wild. week was pretty. Une- oh, just, my week was pretty uneventful. Uh, what's that? So. Uh huh. I said my week was pretty uneventful. So it was just oh, was teaching, it? teaching. Well, yeah, just teaching. You know, my, my phone, you know, you, you're probably does it too. My phone, when somebody texts me like yourself, it will announce text received from so-and-so. So what's interesting, really? though, is I, I have you plugged in as Rosita, right? Yeah. But uh-huh. we all call you Rosie because that's your nickname. Well, when, when right. you send me a text, it says, Text received from Rusty D. Jesus. So the phone huh. calls you by your by your <laughs> nickname, even though I have it punched in as Rosita. That's weird. You know, I know, right? What phone? What what phone do you have now? Because you got a new one, right? I do, and I can't remember. It's like an LG something two. It's a uh, oh. it's a pretty decent phone. Well, see, now I'm I know, curious, I had a hard... because, yeah. curious. I'm going to look at my contacts and see what my name card says. Because you know how, like, you know, if, if uh, this is for Android users. Okay, so Android users, you know that if you have several uh, Google accounts or Gmail accounts, um, <clears throat> they can, depending on how you set up your phone, um, all be uh, synced to your phone when you sync up your contacts through Google, right? Well, I've got like, if I type in my name, I think I think I've linked together like five different um, five different accounts into one. But yeah, so I've got like Restita De Jesus at Dynamic Dojo at Gmail. Restita, so there's like one, two, three, four, five, five, six, seven. So there's like six of them, right? And I'm looking to see if one of them says Rusty. None of them do. So maybe one of yours does and hasn't like linked them together yet. So that's kind of weird. Anyhow. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, <laughs> that reminds me. I, I did have <laughs> I did have an event. Not an event, but it, uh, it was pretty uneventful except for I've been getting <laughs> – I've been getting a lot of like laughs about the picture that I posted on Facebook the other day oh. or yesterday. Yeah, oh. I got a lot of laughs at that. Oh my god! Okay, so for those of you that don't know, you know, if you're already friends with me, go to my page, and there's a page, there's a picture somewhere on there that looks like I'm huffing on this enormous bong, right? It's not a bong; it's a hydroponic uh, garden system. I'm going to back up here and explain this a little bit, but it looks like a big bong with like 24 bowls. (laughs) And one of my Facebook friends was kind enough to add smoke via Photoshop 
in in the picture. So I had a great time with that. But um, anyhow, <laughs> and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I'm really intrigued about a hydroponic uh, garden system. This system can start, at least on, on the variation that my friend Lynn put together, can start like 18 to 24 food plants or any other kind of plants, I guess. <laughs> Whatever plants you want to put in there, right? But you can fit all this in a space about three feet square. Um, the the unit itself is about two feet square, but I'm giving it three feet square. It's it's amazing. I'm like, oh my god! And it goes eight feet up in the air. And <laughs> and and Lynn was telling me about it, about how she built it by hand, and this and that and the other, and that how you can turn it into an aquaponic system, which means that you can raise your own like farm raised fish as well as having uh, uh, starting plants and stuff and, and how the, and how the fish feces can act as fertilizer for the, for the, for the plants and this and that and the other. And I'm like, this is amazing. Oh my God. So anyway, I'm intrigued about it. That's why I brought it up. I just want to let all the friends know out there. It's not a freaking bong. Okay. Anyhow. <laughs> Although I, well, I was, but but I was, but you would have, uh, I am curious as to seeing what you would have commented on because you said that you were smart enough to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I I know. You, do you know what restraint that took on my part? I'm actually very proud of myself and very surprised. Yeah, I am that too. I said nothing. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's kind of like, I can't think of anything like, like weird to say other than oh my god you know you hitting the bong again you know it's been like 30 years or something like that <laughs> i'll admit folks back in my 20s can't do it anymore doesn't feel no. good anymore it, it's just stupid anyhow so just reminding our listeners 347-677-0699 stay tuned because later on we're going to be talking about how Beliefs and uh, myths, realities and misconceptions can affect how and why we train in the martial arts. So tune in for that. But let's move on. So here we go. Who do we have for birthdays on your end there, Sifu Bob? Well, on my end, we have very uh, famous Jeet Kune Do practitioner Lamar Davis. His birthday is on the 8th, which is tomorrow. Uh, a good mm-hmm. friend of the show and a good friend of ours. You guys met actually in 2011 when you both were inducted into the Masters Hall of Fame. Matthew Weiberg, his birthday is uh, on the night. Yes. Good friend of ours and a wonderful friend of the show. William Christopher Ford, his birthday is on the 12th. And Sensei Emmanuel Thomas of the BKF, his birthday is on the 12th as well. And who do you have? Right on. Well, before I get into mine, I, I have a question about uh, Sensei Ford. Isn't the uh, Martial Arts History Museum having a William Christopher Ford Day this month? Is it this month? Do you remember? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen any notification. Let me take a look here. <clears throat> uh, yeah, let me look under Michael Matsuda's thing here. I could have sworn. I... Uh, I saw it, so let me uh, look here. Oh, what's going on? I gotta get out of here. There we go. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's. Oh my God, what happened? There's like 50 Michael Matsudas. Oh, here we go. Coming up, William Christopher Ford Day at the museum. Don't miss it. It's August 27th. 
at the Martial Arts History Museum. So go check it out. It starts uh, it's, uh, it starts at 4 p.m. Saturday, August 27th. There we go. Awesome. All right. Very so cool. back to my birthdays <clears throat> on the 9th. That's uh, Tuesday. Sean Davis. Um, and on the 11th, that's Thursday, with several people. Kendall Wells, who is a uh, accomplished actor and also a fellow whip enthusiast. Uh, Seamus O'Dowd and Tuhon Pat O'Malley. Again, their birthdays are on the 11th. On the 12th, uh, a Kudo brother of mine, Fumi Atani French. Um, Catherine DeBoda is also having a birthday that same day. And Chris Crudelli, also on the 12th. Last but not least, Jean Caps Her birthday is on the 14th. So for everyone having a birthday the week of Sunday the 7th through Saturday the 13th, this tune is for you. I want to wanna wish you a happy birthday. I want to wanna help you celebrate. I want to wanna wish you lots of presents. I want to wanna help you eat your cake. Bossy, bossy in the island way You'll be jamming all night Till the light of day Your birthday, birthday is your day to shine Another year and you'll be looking fine So have a no worries, don't you hesitate It's time to bossy, bossy, time to celebrate Well, right on. Make it a great birthday week, everybody. All right. Announcements is next on our list here. So what do you have for announcements on your end there, Bob? Well, it's one week from yesterday. A night to remember the Cynthia Rob Rock Rose. We will be there. We will be conducting interviews. We will be having a backdrop for pictures of uh, the people that are going to be there. Some of them will include Don Wilson, James Wilson. Uh, oh, I lost. Oh, Alan Woodman will be there. Uh, a bunch mm-hmm. of great roasters. Art Camacho is going to be there. It's really going to be a fun evening. It's Saturday, August 13th. From It's going to be a long, long day for us, Rusty. Because <laughs> we're filming something <laughs> at, at early in the morning. Coming back, yeah. getting ready. We're meeting. We're meeting Malaya like at five thirty, uh-huh. and this thing goes till eleven thirty at night. And I think after that, it's we're gonna... auctioning off the backdrop. Yeah, so, it's going to be a long wow. day. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, then you but have you know, to get I got to message... that the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I figure if I could be okay for a couple hours with some coffee, I'll be all right if I'm able to take a nap a little bit later in the afternoon on Sunday. But I got a message from Malia, and she said that she got word from several other people that are going to be coming. Uh, We've heard that uh, Bob Wall might make an appearance, Uh, Conan Lee, Frank Dukes. Frank Dukes is going to be showing up. And uh, Richard Norton. Richard Norton's going to be showing up. Wow, so, he must be in town then. You know, he lives in Australia. Yeah, go go figure. So he's either in town or made a special trip out here just to be with Cynthia. And how cool is that? Um, that is yeah, very and he, cool. Yeah, and he, he was a guest on our show, I don't know how many years ago. Was he on the first year that we were, I think, that we were on I the think year? I don't on remember. on the first year, yeah. 
He's yeah. he's got ginger from Australia. That's right. So Richard Norton is one of the first-year people <laughs> on Dynamic Dojo Doc Radio. That's that's awesome. Um, all well, right. anyway, so, so get back to it. It's at the Ayers Motel okay. in uh, Manhattan Beach, which is really funny because it's not in Manhattan Beach. It's actually in Hawthorne. It's at 14400 oh, wow. Hendry Avenue in Hawthorne, 90250, and tickets are still available. So hop wow. on it, hop on the, the Facebook page, and we're going to go down. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be an insane night, and we are going yep. to be exhausted as well. Yes, but, you know, every every event that we do, we're always exhausted as heck. But, you know, we do it for, for the love of martial arts and spreading the word and and uh, promoting people. So that's, that's, our, that's our gig. <laughs> that's what we do. That is. Right on. So that's going to be fun. So tickets are still available, folks. Go ahead and grab them up. Grab them up. Because um, the last day you can purchase them is what? Has it passed already? You know, I think so. But I think she extended it. I'm just not sure to what. Yeah, I don't know if you can get tickets at the door. I'm guessing not. But, yeah, I don't know. The only way to find out is to contact Malia Bernal uh, on her Facebook and uh, she's really good about, about responding, so contact her. All right. <clears throat> uh, next, speaking of which, you know, I, uh, Bob said that I'm going to be teaching the next day. I'm going to go ahead and announce what I'm going to be teaching. Um, since I'm already going to be in California, uh, I am going to be teaching uh, a class on Chen Tai Chi basics and fundamentals. And, and we're going to hold this, this class at Lake Balboa Park, and that's located at 6300 Balboa Boulevard. It says Van Nuys, but Lady Lelaine Reed is adamant that it's in Encino. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the cities in California. So 6300 Balboa Boulevard, Van Nuys, Encino, wherever that is. Not the Balboa Park in San Diego with the big museum on it. I guess this is just, you know, Balboa Park near a lake, right, Bob? <clears throat> right. It's huge. Right? Okay. Yes. <clears throat> Yes. yes, and we're actually going to be meeting in an area that's near the basketball courts and the tennis courts, so not by the lake. This workshop is open to anybody, and it's free of charge. Um, and um, like I said, I'm going to be presenting Chen Tai Chi Basics and Fundamentals. Now, let me back up a little bit because I just want to explain a little bit about the differences between Chen Tai Chi and, like, let's say, Yang-style Tai Chi. Now, a lot of people... When they hear the word Tai Chi, they think, you know, soft and slow and meditation, be one with the universe, you know, stuff like that. Now, Tai Chi is all that plus more, but we have to remember that it has its roots in martial arts. And Chen Tai Chi, at its core, is a martial art. And in Chen Village in China, it's taught as a martial art and you would not be able to tell any difference between any other hardcore style of martial art and Chen Tai Chi. Really the only thing that's different is the speed that they practice their forms. But even then the forms have a mixture of slow and fast movements um, with one of the forms, the, the second form in the old frame and the second form in the new frame being all fast. You'd look at it and go, wow, that's Kung Fu. No, it's Tai Chi. So, we're going to just learn some of the basic movements, get uh, get a little bit um, 
of experience in something called toy show, which is push hands. It's kind of like hubud in the Filipino martial arts or chi sao in a Wing Chun. It's the Tai Chi variation of a flow exercise, right? Now, no Tai Chi experience is necessary. Anyone ages nine and older can attend. Um, and this workshop is geared toward beginners, but even if you have a little bit of experience in any other style of Tai Chi or yoga or movement art, you're more than welcome. And I will go ahead and, and cater the event for people with, uh, with experience. Um, and yeah, and if you guys get lost out there and don't know where we are, give my cell phone a call, 206-229-4774, or you can hit up Robert. He's at 818-457-2411. But please only if you get lost. Don't just call to say hi. <laughs> if you get lost and you're going to attend, give me a call. Give me a call first. And, again, we're meeting near the tennis and basketball courts at Lake Balboa Park. I've got an event um, set up for it. And if you'd like an invitation to it, just hit me up on my Facebook page, and uh, I'll uh, send you an invitation. Or just let me know that you want to show up, and I'll uh, add you onto the guest list. So. There you go. All right. That's going to be a long freaking weekend. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. God. But, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I've always, you know, I've always wanted to, you know, ever since I started visiting you in 2012, I thought to myself, you know, it'd be kind of great if I set up like a satellite Tai Chi club or something, you know, just something informal or something, and, you know, and come in every couple months and just kind of see how it goes and teach them on stuff like that. And I'm hoping this is kind of the, kind of like that, that, that thing, because I've wanted to do this since 2012. I just never had a chance to like set something up, but anyway. Well, don't don't right. worry. It'll, it'll, it'll happen when you're booked up. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. What other cool events do we have on your end there? Well, hopefully it'll be happening this year because last year they did have to cancel it. It's the Long Beach Marshall Con, August 19th to the 21st. Two years in the making. World, World Team Competition, Film Festival, Trade Show, CrossFit Competition, Jiu-Jitsu, Kickboxing, an awards banquet, Night of Champions, Evening Show. This is all martial arts in all in one location at the Long Beach Convention Center. So if you want to find out more, search Google Marshall Con. They've got their own website. They've got their own Facebook page. Right on. Very cool. So, yeah, you know, hopefully it'll happen because, <laughs> like, it kind of sucks that they had to, like, cancel it last year. But, you know, what can you do, right? All right. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it for all of our events and announcements. Um, again, if you've got any upcoming events for this week or for the rest of the month, give us a call, 347-677-0699, and let's plug it for you. Well, let's move on to the health news. Okay. So for this week's health news and health tips, this is six important things that your body might be trying to tell you. Now, your body does give warning signs that might not be what you typically associate with conditions like, oh, I don't know, diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or even heart failure, but they still could offer life's, uh, a life-saving window to your health. Now, these uh, pointers of what to look for come from Dr. Natalie Azar. All right. So 
if your eyes seem to look like they're protruding from their sockets or you're seeing more whites of your eyes than you should, you want to look closely at how your eyeball fits into your socket. If you notice a protrusion, it could be a sign of an overactive thyroid. This condition, known as hyperthyroidism, can also lead to sudden weight loss, an irregular heartbeat, sweating, and nervousness. Wow. He, who, what was the name of that actor that had, the, like, the funky protruding eyes? Marty Feldman? Was that Marty him? Feldman. Yeah. God, you're Marty old. Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> and he was on, he was best known for his role in Young Frankenstein, right? Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Yes. yes. So I guess I'm old. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, thinning eyebrows. Now, this this has nothing to do with waxing your eyebrows or plucking them out or anything like that. Thinning eyebrows. Now, if you are losing hair around your eyebrows and you're not getting, uh, like, medical intervention, like, um, uh, shoot, I forgot what the radiation therapy, chemotherapy and stuff like that. Um, if you're losing the hair, especially around the outside of your eyebrows, that could be a sign of an underactive thyroid. All right. So um, it's separate from hyperthyroidism. It's hypothyroidism. And it's a condition where your thyroid doesn't produce enough of certain important hormones. This is most common in women over 60 years old. And the disease can cause obesity, joint pain, and heart disease. All right. How about your tongue? Now, a lot of Chinese medicine doctors will say, stick out your tongue, and they'll base their, their findings on that. And there's, there's a reason for it. If your tongue is smooth and pale, could, it could uh, be a window to something not so cool. A healthy tongue should be pink and bumpy and covered with small, small nodules known as papillae. If your tongue is smooth and pale, or unusually sore and swollen, it could be a sign of nutritional deficiencies such as low iron, folate, and vitamin B12. There you go. What about dark skin around the back of your neck? If you notice a velvety discoloration of the skin around your armpits, groin, and neck, it could be a sign of diabetes. Um, it's called acanthosis nigricans. Nigricans? Like Greekans, a skin condition which is characterized by thick, dark pigmented skin, and it typically occurs in people who are obese or have diabetes. Children with the condition have a higher risk of developing type 2 diabetes, and although it is rare, acanthosis can also be a warning sign of a cancerous tumor in the stomach or the liver. All right. What about bumps on your knees? Do you see small yellow bumps that are soft? They can also be, you know, any other color like flesh colored or red or whatever. Do you see these bumps on your elbows, joints, tendons, knees, hands, or feet? These could be cholesterol bumps, also known as xanthomas, a condition due to high cholesterol levels or other serious health issues such as pancreatitis. Some bumps can be very small, while others can be larger than three inches in diameter. Oh, my God. (laughs) Jeez. All right. What about swollen feet or ankles? Now, we've all experienced the occasional swollen foot or ankle. The last time I I got swollen feet was on that, you know, cross-ocean trip from the Philippines to and from. (laughs) Now, we can also get swollen feet or ankles if we've been on our feet for a long time, right? However... 
in some cases, this condition is caused by something much more serious, and that's heart failure. Swelling of the legs and ankles is caused by fluid accumulation in the body, which can be a sign of worsening heart failure. You may feel that your shoes are tighter than normal if swelling in this area is increasing. So that is uh, the six important things that your body might be trying to tell you. If you'd like uh, to see this article again um, and related articles, like uh, there's another related article that's called Trust Your Gut, Signs That You May Have a Serious Health Problem, and another related article called Few Americans Under 45, No Stroke Symptoms, Do You? So I'm going to go ahead and post this on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. Now, it's the page, folks, not the group. There's a Dynamic Dojo Facebook group and a Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You want to make sure you go to the page. And it's going to be up on there in a couple minutes. All right. That's it for my health news. Now, let's move on to weird news. All right. Okay. Weird news, you know. There, there was a, a Swedish cop that had been a cop for 11 years, and she uh-huh. was actually sunbathing in a bikini. She, she, she was okay. off duty and wearing a bikini, but that didn't stop stop the Swedish police officer Mika Ayla Kellner from catching hmm. a suspected thief. A photo of Kellner pinning the suspect to the ground was trending on social media in Sweden this week. My first intervention while wearing a bikini during my 11 years on, as a police officer, she wrote on Instagram. <laughs> wow. Kellner and three <laughs> friends were sunbathing Wednesday in a Stockholm park. A homeless man telling newspapers approached. She, she, that doesn't make sense the way they wrote it. Uh, I guess he was, <laughs> he was holding a Swedish newspaper because it really doesn't make sense the way they wrote this. After oh, okay. he left, one, one friend noticed her phone was missing. Kellner and a hmm. fellow police officer gave chase. So I guess the homeless guy used the distraction technique and took the girl's oh. phone. Right? Huh. Uh-huh. Kellner said she wow. didn't hesitate to make the arrest while wearing a bikini. If I had been naked, I would have intervened as well. She, so I bikini or naked? Also. What? Yeah, you know, bikini, yeah, bikini or naked. I mean, where where would she keep her service revolver? I don't, yeah, anyway, but, I don't okay, know. moving on. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> okay. You know, it's funny, you, you, you posted that thing again, that commercial for the show with Michelle Manu. And I forgot that bit was oh, so right. funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, about wood. <laughs> oh, my God. And I didn't know I broke out laughing as hard as I did. <laughs> you did. You broke out laughing. <laughs> well, we broke up pretty hard last week, too, talking about Magic Johnsons and Willies and and stuff like that. <laughs> I think that'll be the yeah. I think that'll be the next crazy uh crazy sound bite. All right, let's move on to your So did you hear about and this is gonna be a short story, did you hear about the French gymnast that, that got hurt in the Olympics in Rio? Oh my god. I saw oh, the video. That, horrible? that was horrible. That, that, I couldn't unsee it. 
It was uh, yeah, awful. It, it, <laughs> it was horrible. I mean, dismounted on the ball, busted his leg. That wasn't. He accordioned it. It wasn't just a bust. He he accordioned that sucker. I'm like, oh my god. Oh my god. Go ahead. So that that wasn't that that was horrible part. But where did it go? There it is. As if it couldn't get any words for French gymnast Samir Alt said after he broke his leg dismounting from a from the vault. This is where it gets really interesting. Paramedics dropped him while he was laying oh. on a stretcher. Oh no! Are you serious? The, yes, and then he <laughs> underwent surgery Saturday night, and says he wants to try again in 2020. We'll be watching. You they know, dropped him. I, 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 I really don't I heard, know. Yeah, my, my my wife's sitting upstairs, and when I read the story, I heard this. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. And okay, the video, I can't unsee it. Okay. So what I had to do when I watched the video is like it started with him running toward the vault, right? And then I stopped it. And then I would kind of like touch farther down the timeline just so I wouldn't have to see it happen. I would just see like and then I'm like, okay, I've had enough of that seeing the the stills. Now I'm gonna watch the whole thing. I don't know why I decided to watch the whole thing. That was just the most yucky thing I've ever seen. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Just poor guy. Yeah, my wife just I mean, comes down and says, Did that really happen? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, she just told me the video is horrendous. You should look up the video it, about the guy breaking his leg. He, she says he accordioned his leg. Yeah, oh, it, yeah. it's horrendous. It's like I, he's laying on his back and he's being oddly calm, right? He's just covering his eyes and he's just laying there. And his the whole lower part of his leg is folded back so his toes are facing him. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> I, I, yeah, it was kind of like a dry heave moment there, and I'm just really surprised that none of none of the bones broke through, and that he right. was sitting there. Yeah. yeah, and that he was sitting there long enough for these pictures to be taken. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was awful. It looked like right. he broke it in like two or three places. It was it was just nasty. Ah, oh, anyway. All right. Whew. Well, let's hope the rest of the Olympics um, goes really well. Um, speaking of the Olympics, I do want to I do want to rave about the announcement that it's official. Karate is going to be part of the 2020 Tokyo Games. Uh, uh, there's a lot of questions behind it. I've gotten some questions like, well, you know, is this just going to be WKA karate? You know, what, what about other styles like Kyokushin, Goju, Shotokan, you know, that kind of thing. And to tell you the truth, I don't have any answers. You know, I don't know if it's just going to be WKA uh, type of karate or if they're just going to be using WKA rules for kata and kumite. Um, and, um, all styles are are welcome. I mean, that's the only way I think it could be. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's the only way I think it could be fair. Now I'm hearing a lot right. of like, what is that? Do you hear that? I'm hearing yeah, like that's background noise. Yeah, my wife's noise. cell phone. Oh, okay. I'm like, what is that? Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear that. 
Yeah, hello. All right, so why don't we do this, folks? Let's go ahead and take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to start our discussion on, you know, whether or not, you know, our beliefs, our misconceptions, uh, you know, myths and realities that are floating around, um, how those things affect how and why we train in the martial arts. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this. High school is a time for figuring things out, like finding the square root of X when your ex won't stop texting you, or how to write an essay on 12th night the night before it's due. It's about making friends and making memories. It's about deciding where you fit, where you stand, and what you simply won't stand for. Long after class is dismissed, after you've left the hall and moved on with life, after you've forgotten all the answers to all the tests, you'll remember the day you figured out the kind of person you were gonna be. Stand up for someone being bullied and they'll never forget you. Stand up to bullying. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The Heart Truth is a campaign sponsored by the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute to raise awareness about heart health. One thing that everyone can do to support heart health is to get moving. Health and fitness expert Dr. Pamela Peake says that small steps can lead to big benefits. Throughout the day, just get up and move more. Park your car in the farthest parking spot. Find any excuse to walk as you live your busy life. The key to heart health is regular physical activity and a balanced diet. I help get my patients educated and motivated to stay active every single day. That's why I'm behind the Heart Truth campaign and those who partnered with it, like Diet Coke. Join them this month as they work to educate, inspire, and motivate by visiting dietcoke.com slash hearttruth. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T.J. Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest? or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. 
You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restina and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. And we are back. We are back. This is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Restita and Robert. Our phone number here is 347-677-0699. And our topic today is uh, how beliefs, misconceptions, myths, realities, the whole nine yards can affect how and why we train in the martial arts and uh, how it motivates us or what have you. All right. So if you'd like to join the conversation, our phone lines are open. So just press one if you want to get on, get on the discussion. Yes, Bob. So a couple things. I got, I saw this picture just pop up on my Facebook page. It's a picture of an old truck with a skeleton driving it. And the Uh caption reads, Driving around, waiting on my wife to pick a place to eat. (laughs) I'm like, dude, I can relate. (laughs) Yeah, right. So on our studio board, you know how it it usually shows a headset or a microphone, uh, you know, for for listening, for for, – Live on the air for the green room. Oh, right. Tonight, mine uh-huh. has a plus sign, a seven, uh-huh. and a six when I look at it on my cell what? phone. Does yours, does yours say that? What? No, I'm on my laptop. You know, uh, you know what you should do, whether or not you are on a laptop or on your phone, is um, clear your cache. Oh, my God. That's my wife's job. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> And she's very good at it. <laughs> oh my god, that's <laughs> that's awesome. Anyway, no, it <laughs> there shouldn't be a plus sign or a six. <laughs> Clear out your cache. <laughs> Clear out your app cache. Anyway, <laughs> your app cache that would mean applicable cache in in your situation. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, okay. So again, the three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. If you'd like to join the conversation, please press one. Otherwise, we're going to think that you are listening. Now, Bob and I just want to uh, uh, touch on a few subjects in regards to how our mindset, how our beliefs, um, um, and even religion sometimes, um, how misconceptions, you know, stuff that you heard on the street or heard from other people, um, myths that you've, uh, that you've heard or seen, um, or even like some realities that, that you've seen. How does all that tie in with martial arts training? Uh, how does it tie in with our motivation to train in the martial arts and why we train in the martial arts? So with that said, let's, um, let's touch on some of these subjects. So let's go ahead and start with traditional versus modern. This is an age-old discussion, folks. You know, is traditional better than modern? You know, you got your modern martial artists that say modern MMA is better than traditional any day. And then you've got traditionalists that say, well, modern martial artists don't have respect and honor like traditional martial arts do. You know, is one really better than the other or is it just 
you know, because each side, you know, the Kool-Aid. I mean, <laughs> what is it? We want to hear from you guys on this. Hey, look at this. Our, our phone lines have lit up. <laughs> so let me grab one of these lines. This is area code 417. That means it is Master Tony Collins. Master Tony, how you doing today? Real well. How about yourself? Really good. Doing really well. good. Thanks for joining us. And I'd also Thanks like to correct. bring out... Um, it's funny, like whenever I see people call in, I have to search for their search for their area code, and then that tells me who they are. We have area code seven zero four, and this sounds like Professor Patrick McDaniel. Am I right? You are right. Woo! <laughs> we are batting ten for ten here. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, gentlemen. Um, it's it's really good to actually have you guys on for this particular subject because. You know, uh, out of the four of us, we both know, we all know what it's like to train in, in, in a traditional type of aspect and also have a taste of the modern aspects as well. So, you know, for exactly. this particular subject and for the rest of them, you guys are going to be great to talk to you with this. So, you know, let's take, uh, right. let's, let's get you guys' take on this. You know, the subject of traditional versus modern there's always going to be someone that says traditional is better. There's always going to be someone that says, you know, modern is better. You know, what would you guys like to say to people that argue this? Or what are your thoughts on, on the whole subject? Why don't we start with Bob? Well, see, they're both, they're both good, and I agree with both sides. Now, the reason I say that is modern came about because of an adaptation that had to be taking place because of an evolutionary process. Right, Hoist right. Gracie, when he started the MMA, or no, I'm sorry, don't get mad, I said that wrong, when he started the UFC, there was the MMA mm-hmm. craze. Barely anybody had heard of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu before, uh, before the UFC ever started. And now right. it's on every corner. There's one block, yep. a block, now you're familiar with my neighborhood, that has three yeah. BJJ schools on the same block. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. kind of funny, actually. <laughs> so, so there is now. I agree with the the lack of respect and honor and traditionalism. If we could somehow mix them, I think we'd be good, and then there would be less to complain about. But traditional had to have the adaptation had a add the ha- adaptation Jesus I, I caught this from you <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak tonight are you guys still there or did I yes, lose you yes we're here no we or, were here did I lose you or I'm just I'm no hello? we're just gonna give you hello can hear you we can hear you we can hear you yeah we can hear you did I lose you or are you still there <laughs> we're Hello. <laughs> We're here. Hello. Hello. Bob. Tony, oh, you still there? Tony. Yeah, I'm still Bob. here. Okay. Bob, can you hear us? Bob. <laughs> Bob, where are you? So we've lost Bob, Bob. Can you hear us? Bob? Bob drops. <laughs> so he's going to call back. You know, this always happens. He drops. <laughs> okay, so let's go to Tony. What are your thoughts on this? 
Oh, well, actually, Bob basically said it all, in my personal opinion, in that uh, it, it should be a, a better idea of both, it, traditional yeah. versus modern, because uh, like Bob was saying, uh, all modern is is an adaptation of the traditional to keep up with the times. Ed Parker said it constantly that he hoped that Kenpo would not go stagnant and would not stay exactly as it is, in the way uh-huh. that it, it was taught to him for all mm-hmm. of us in Kenpo, because if it did, then it wouldn't keep up with the times and it would just fall away. It would be gone. Yeah. And I thoroughly believe that with all that is going on in our world today, such as not just MMA, but, you know, people who are taking fighting more seriously people who mm-hmm. are even in of themselves training and adapting, uh, such as boxing and stuff like that, we have to keep on that edge. We have to keep going as far as our ability to defend against those things. Those things that have come out are new to old traditional-style martial arts, even though you know they have their roots in, like, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is, is fairly old. Actually, it has its jiu-jitsu roots back in the Japanese jiu-jitsu, but that's just its roots. That's not its modern-day advancements, and they are just exactly that. It's not like Brazilian jiu-jitsu met WWE. It's more like Brazilian jiu-jitsu met, oh, my gosh, that was his leg broken, and yes, I'm taking that (laughs) further. But, (laughs) you know, you can see them hurt each other badly in that ring, and the first thing you think of as the modern martial artist is, hmm, what am I going to do against that? How am I going to defend against that if if I run into this particular guy right here? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely a bit of both now. There is something to be said for traditional training. There's mm-hmm. something real to be said for the old-style traditional training, body conditioning. I just got on this very conversation with uh, Mr. Uh, Michael Miller, a fellow Kenpoist of mine, and a lot of our martial artists right now, they don't seem to be conditioning themselves. They couldn't break a brick if they had to. It's like, man, if you Mm -hmm. can't hit like that, you can't hit somebody accidentally in the head and and still be okay. You're going to break your hand because it's not trained and it's not, you know, it's not going to be able to take that hit. So Mm -hmm. therein lies the idea of tradition. We still have to stick with some of those traditional movements, that traditional style punching and stuff like that to keep conditioning. Right, right. I I agree because it's like, I mean, you know, modern modern MMA, their training is is you know good in the sense that hey, you know they'll do uh, cardiovascular training, they'll hit the bags for three minute rounds and and push ups and weight training, and that's great and stuff like that. You know, <clears throat> but you know I've I've met many people that that train that way. Yet, you know, when they learn like you know just a sequence of five movements. And if I say, hey, okay, let's practice those five movements at full speed, full power, low stances, 20 times, they can't get through it because it's a right. different set of muscles. It's a different body mechanics. It's, you know, it, it's, it's live. It's not, you know, just hitting a bag. It's like P90X on steroids. That's what I think, you know, <laughs> hardcore traditional training is. It's P90X on steroids. You know, so when P90X came out, that whole, like, confuse your muscles so that way you get, you know, ultimate 
change in your muscles. You know, I was like, who needs P90X? You know, I <laughs> just, do, just do martial arts, man. Anyway. All right. Let's go to Professor McDaniel and get his thoughts on traditional, traditional versus modern. Well, okay, you, you, you know me, and you know that I come from the Kaji Kimball system, so when we're talking about yes, mixed martial arts, hello. There it know, is, we, hello. Right, yeah, so we want to talk about incorporating other styles, but, uh, mm-hmm. but holding on to, to tradition, yeah, that's, that's my baby. I, I, really, I really love that. However, we mm-hmm. do know that change is going to come. If you're in your right mind, change is going to come, and change is around us. So the way that I taught children and the way that I taught families and communities back in the 80s, it's -hmm. different now, you know, because things have changed. So they're going to change around us. So if we don't learn how to modify ourselves with them, we're going to be lost in the dust. Uh, Exactly. As as far as which style is better, I'm going to go and say, uh, Cedro Imperato quoted, a man who masters his style. Is a hard mm-hmm. man to beat. That's right. He who masters his style. I don't care what yeah. it is. You know what's out there. You know what you have to defend yourself against. Master your style. Because if you're going to master mm-hmm. it, you're paying attention to everything going on around you. And you know what right. you have to do. You know what you have to train for. You know how you have to adapt to make sure you survive. I'm going to use that word survive mm-hmm. because I'm not talking yes. about competition. I'm talking about right. surviving, you know. Right. And, uh, right. and, and the, the blend and the incorporation of old and new, I love the, uh, the fish aquarium philosophy. Because if you've mm-hmm. got a fish aquarium and you're trying to maintain your fish aquarium and you see that the water's getting dirty, if you're mm-hmm. ignorant to how to take care of that and you empty all the old water out and fill it with mm-hmm. new water, the fish are going to die. Yeah. So you have to keep mm-hmm. so much of the old water there. That's the foundation. Mm-hmm. That's the standard. No matter how much new is added to it, you've got to keep some old stuff there. So that's that that's tradition, right. that foundation, that base, you know? Wow. And you I know, really... that's, that's a wonderful way to put that, Professor. That is a beautiful right. a way to put that because – that is a great analogy because you will. You will. I, I learned by killing a bunch of guppies when I was in exactly. Israel, that you exactly. just don't put new water in the aquarium. You've got to keep some of that old, dirty water in that's there. That's right. You know, it's, you know and that, that's, that's a beautiful way of putting it. And, you know, if I may uh, add on to what everyone's saying, you know, a lot of people sometimes – um, especially newbies to um, martial arts, right? In general, not just MMA and not just traditional arts and stuff. You know, a lot of people will categorize or not categorize, will stereotype yeah. either side based on what they've heard from other people or based on just what they've been exposed. Yeah. Um, like, for example, you know, you might have beginners in MMA that that define MMA as solely a mixture of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, boxing. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and right. they will define MMA as that. They will literally say, well, MMA is a mixture of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Thai boxing, and boxing. Right? Yeah. Um, and it's missing the point. Right? I mean, 
you know, we've got Professor McDaniel here. We've got me here from Kajukembo. You know, we've got Bob with Jeet Kune Do. We've got Tony with Kempo, where, you know, all of these systems had to adapt to deal with the time. Exactly. And, exactly. But still kept, you know, a lot of the inherent traditions from from the arts that they came from. And, you know, that's where a lot of the old school, when we talk old school, when we say old school folks, we mean that kind of training, right? Where, you know, exactly. you're training, you're busting knuckles, you're bleeding all right. over the place, you're, you're, you're going home with a black eye and a slit lip, but you still have this, this sense of traditional reho uh, exactly. or, 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 or regi. The, the rules and the regulations of the, the traditions of your art, the bowing and the, you know, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, that kind of thing. And right. it's, it's just that, that sense of old fashioned manners where that old school mentality comes from. And, you know, it, it's safe to say that all four of us come from that old school mentality, but on the other hand, you know, we're also open to modern training methods as well. And I agree with all of you. I agree with all of you that a little bit of both would be great. You know, if the traditionalists could embrace a little bit of the new ways and if the, you know, modern modernists could respect the traditionalists for what it has offered their MMA now, you know, and to respect that, I think it would be so much better than all this like, you know, talking smack on the online forums about traditional right. suck or, right, you know, right, or right. Oh, MMA people are just big, no neck, egotistical targs, you know, it's like, Oh my God, stop it. You guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right on. Well, if there's anyone that wants to add to this conversation, please give us a call at three, four, seven, six, seven, seven, zero, six, nine, nine. Or if you're seeing, uh, or listening to this podcast on Facebook Live, go ahead and uh, type your questions there, or get onto my um, uh, my Facebook page, my personal Facebook page, Rosita De Jesus, and find the link and type your questions in there or your additions. All right, so that was it for traditional versus modern. Now, speaking of the old school way of training, we've got that mentality that a lot of people still have. And that's no pain, no gain. Now, the question is, is it required these days that that training methods that could be considered abuse be used in the dojo? Is it right to look down your nose at those who choose not to abuse their bodies? Is old school better than today? Okay, now... Because the reason why I'm asking this is that, you know, the other day on Facebook, I don't know if it was like a full moon or what. I don't know what was going on. But there were too many people bitching and moaning about how martial artists are too soft now, you know, too soft. They're not like pounding pounding their shins into banana trees. They're not punching brick walls and this and that and the other. And they're calling people soft and and milk toast and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, my God, to you guys, is is it required that martial artists have to, like, bust their knuckles or, you know, that kind of thing? So is it, do you have to stretch until you rip something? You know, that kind of thing. Huh. So why don't we start with Bob? Well, yes, no, you don't have to go to the extreme of 
stretchingly rip something, it's going to be good for you to, to pound a little bit, to, to condition your shin, to condition your body. Uh, did I lose you guys again? No. No. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So thank you. Because last time, it also went dead air. Yeah. Isn't that good. weird? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was totally weird. So, you know, you you don't, you know, conditioning is good. You know, Tony was talking about it, conditioning your body. That's always good. So, yes, you do have to endure the pain. Because remember, if, if you can't take a punch very well, you're not going to be able to deliver it either. And right. if you don't have the conditioning for it, you're going to hit somebody in the head. Like Tony was saying, you're going to bust your hand. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. What about you, Tony? <clears throat> well, our conditioning is actually really horrible. I mean, in the sense that, as a for instance, if you take a newspaper, roll it up, and now wrap it with tape, and now strike that against your shins and your forearms, that's what we do. We punch each oh, other in the stomachs. Cool. We do the kicks to the sides and to the upper lateral obliques. We do punches mm-hmm. to our body. We condition. We train properly. We hit each other in the face. And I mean with bare knuckles, palm heels, things like that on a continuous basis. And the reason Mm -hmm. why we do this is because we come from that philosophy that simply states, if you can't take it here, you're not going to take it in the street. Is this a requirement? Yes. In my class, most definitely it is a requirement because the one thing I don't ever want to have happen is one of my students come back to me after losing a fight and say, you didn't train me well enough to defeat this person it is not going to happen i have something to say about students that do that (laughs) yeah i do too it's called you didn't train you well enough but anyway um, we have we have a total of some some do three days some only do two days of per week with which we train the rest is up to the student and therefore most of their training is kind of out of our hands so we make, in, in our classes, we make our training count. We take approximately an hour to an hour and a half to body condition, just body conditioning alone. That's not the exercises, mm-hmm. and that's not the techniques. I have lost right. students because of that. I have gained students because of that, and it's just not something that will ever change. Right. Right. Now, just just as a question, I mean, it's like, you know, I'm, and I'm just being the devil's advocate here. I mean, is it yeah, the only do. true way to train? You know, because, like, let's say you've got little Johnny, you know, 10 years old or whatever, you know, are you going to ask him to get hit by the green belt girl standing across from him and stuff so that way he can take it? If a, You know, you see what I'm saying? I mean, is it yeah, the I only do, true way? Yeah, I do, but I don't way? train little Johnny. Right. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't train kids at all. In my art, mm. I do not train children. I will not train children. Even my own kids, I'll take them through forms and stuff like that, or take them through the barest of basics. But I do not actually train kids like I see a lot of people do, and I know that that misses out on a huge bracket of people. But I don't care. I train in right. this art. And I teach in this art for adults so that adults can take care of their business that has to be taken care of 
in an emergency situation in the street. I can't hand that to a kid. It's not possible. So, well, of course not, because, you know, they're in school, but, you know, right. <laughs> and they're not going to be in the street. I but know. In the, in the sense of bullies that, you know, you, you see what I'm saying? You know, you might have a bully just come out of nowhere and, like, smash some kid. And, you know, yeah. me personally, I think that I, I can't wait till that kid is 18 to teach him how to defend himself. You know, <laughs> right. uh, you see what I I'm saying? That. I you do. Know, and and um, I would gladly send my kids to you as, as an example. Or I would send my kids to someone else to train them, but not in this style of Kento. No, no, no. Right. No, I would not. I would not do that. I could not train in the same way that I train, well, yeah, or the same way can't. that I train adults. Yeah, right. no, you can't. And and it's because it's it's you know age appropriate, you know that kind of thing. Because like and I, and I hear you because I I train the kids a whole heck of a lot differently than I train the adults. I mean, in the adults class, oh, yeah. they get cussing, they get swearing. I'm in their face. You know, I get them kind of like stressed out, and I'm like, if you can't deal with me cussing in your ear, how the hell are you going to deal with someone like you know shoving a gun barrel down down your eyeball and going, give me your money, motherfucker? Oh, sorry, you know, right. <laughs> you know, how are you going to deal with exactly that? Right. And I can't, you know, I can't do that in the kids' class. <laughs> right. But boy, I tell you what, when they turn 18 and they come in the adults' class and they hear the cussing come out, they're like, wow, what did I miss out on? <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is a whole new world. <laughs> this is, and it is, and they, and and yeah. and and they, they see it as a whole new world, and they think, wow, you know, this is this is where you know the shit hits the fan. Pardon my French, but it's like sure. this is That's you know exactly it's right. cool. Anyhow, okay, so let's go to Patrick now, um, Professor. What are your what are your thoughts on on the whole no pain no gain? Are we are we supposed to you know? Abuse ourselves, well, uh, that kind of thing. Well, see, and 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 we don't want to use the word uh, abuse because it's yeah, martial exactly. arts training. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's martial arts it's training. training, and yeah, and and I do, I I do appreciate uh, Tony. I appreciate that. I appreciate Tony. Uh, what Tony is doing is he let he's letting people like us take care of the kids because yeah. my thing is the kids, you know. And yeah. I know that you can't train them the same way that you train adults, but I appreciate Tony's right. position. That's what he wants to do, and there is a place for that. Tony is yeah, in the right place is. to get those get those adults get put get them in shape, make sure that they're able to handle their adult stuff. Now, my position mm-hmm. is to raise the kids. Yeah, I want to raise the kids because I started as a kid, so I don't want to yep. say, "Well, I don't want to train kids," and I started as a kid, you know, so. Right, I right. want to train the kids. And as far as how tough or how rough or how hard the conditioning could be, I still want to go back to something Cesar Imperato said, no two people are the same. Okay. So if, if, if I've got five guys that can take this particular uh, push-up or strike into the shin and five guys that can't, I've got to figure out another way, but I'm going to still get them developed. And we've got this yeah. physical development and we've got this mental development because – Sometimes they just mentally they're just like I can't do that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know that just scares right. the hell out of me. That's freaking me out. So now I got to work with them <laughs> mentally and make sure that yeah. they know they can take that as well. But I'm going to go a different direction. And however hard it is, I'm going to get there. I might start off with 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 student A a little different than I started off with student B. But I'm going to get you both there. You know, uh, things equal to the same things equal to each other. So I may have taken you down one alley, 
take you down another alley, but you're going to meet up doing the same doggone thing. <laughs> you know, uh, I remember visiting a dojo, and the, the, the students dressed up with pads, a headgear, face shield, shin guard, mm-hmm. the gloves, the boots, groin cups, everything. Pieces, they looked like the man. <laughs> and li- but listen, and still couldn't hit each other. Oh. And still oh. couldn't hit each other. So all the pads were just in case of an accident. And now, wow. <laughs> okay, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> no. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. But, you know, my thing is you've got a condition to survive. See, we are going to condition to survive first. And if you want to go to competition, all that falls underneath the umbrella of knowing how to survive. Because it's competition and surviving are two different freaking things. But we're going to learn yeah. to survive first. We're going to learn, can you take this punch to survive? That's what we're going to do. And then you want to go to competition so you can kind of sugar it up? That's fine. <laughs> but we're going to know how to survive first. So whatever you go through to survive, if you've got a big knot on your shin because you're practicing to survive, if your finger is broken because you practice to survive, and you've got a split lip and a swollen eye because you're practicing to survive, then we've done our thing. <laughs> we've done our mm-hmm. job. You know, so whatever exactly. it takes to condition yourself to survive, that's what we got to do. Exactly, and you know, with the in 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 the, in the case of the kids, you know, we still can teach them a mindset, just not with the you know here tense up your muscles and let me punch you. We can exactly teach right. them that do do two more push-ups. I know you're tired now. Exactly right. I want you to try exactly two more. Right. Oh, I know your legs hurt, man. You've been in that horse dance for 10 minutes. I just need you to right. remember you ain't your body. Your mind is stronger. And, you know, once they get that, they, they can do anything. I had this little girl in my summer camp. Um, right. We're outside, right? So there's no mats or anything. And the, mm-hmm. the challenge was if anyone dropped their hands, the whole class has to drop down and do 10 push-ups, right? Yeah. And in the, the course local. of one exercise, yeah, in the course of one exercise, Everyone dropped their hands. Well, one or two or three people dropped their hands three times. Okay, so that's 30 push-ups. And I said, okay, I'm against the curb. This is a parking curb, long parking curb. I'm like, hands on the curb. So they're in their plank position. And I'm like, okay, go. And they're counting. And they're counting. You know, some of the kids are, like, doing the, the I'm going to put my stomach down but not bend my arm push-ups. And then you've got, <laughs> then you've got the, the, you know, the kids that are bending their arms and touching their chest. And there was this one little girl. Everyone's whining. They're like, oh, my God, why don't you grab your hands and grab that? And this one little girl, she's doing them. She's like, and this is a Chinese camp, so she's counting in Chinese. E, R, son. She's like, that's 30, right, Sifu? Yes. Ooh, and she's just pumping them out, and everyone's whining. And so I'm like, I really want to record this girl doing these push-ups. <laughs> and then because, because she was just so into it, and she started to get tired at about 21. And I got right down to her level. I'm like, come on, honey, you can do this. It's only nine more. Let's count backwards. Here we go. Nine, eight. And she's like, I can't. I'm like, no, you can. And she did them. And I said, you remember that next time you think something's too hard. You remember that next time a bully gets in your face. You remember you have the power to, to hit them back or walk away. You remember that. And, you know, it's like you, you, you know, you can teach them that, but, when they turn 18, that's when the shit hits the fan. And that's, of course. that's the other part of the, that's the other part of the training that, that, um, that we're talking about. Um, you know, they do, they do need that also 
to a certain extent, unless you're doing like keto. <laughs> but, right. but I don't know. I've I've been hit pretty hard in Aikido. <laughs> oh my right. god. All right. So no pain, no gain. You know, so I think we agree that some discomfort, pain, conditioning, uh, that kind of thing, hardship. You must learn to eat bitter, that kind of thing. Of is course, needed of for for incredible martial arts practice. So that's of course. That's, that's awesome. Yes. All right. So just reminding our listeners, our phone number here is three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. And um let's see. Did we lose Tony? Uh, yeah, we did still there? Down back. Yeah. Okay. I I had to leave for a second. Jamie's son came here. Unfortunately, he'd been messing with a dog and got kind of bit by it. So, yeah. Oh, my God. That sucks. I know, right? Well, you know, yeah, but he'd been messing with the dog all day long in a way with which the dog has had, you know, snapped at him but not bit him, warned him several times, and everybody around him was like, Isaac, stop that, and he wouldn't do it. So, you know, as my grandmother used to say. He who cannot listen must feel. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. I like that. Boom, bit. All right, let's uh, let's go to the next discussion subject here. And so far, you know, we this 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 uh, discussion is really like going really well. I'm really happy about this. Okay, so the next. I was gonna say, do you want us to argue with you? No, 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 no. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Well, you could. I'm good at that. You know, debate is something that's always welcome here, you know, assuming that people don't call in and start bashing people, right? Um, Okay, how about this one? This is a a common theme. The more expensive a school's tuition is, the better it is. So... (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for playing. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for playing. Okay, so let's let's get Bob's take on this. Uh, that's completely and utterly false. You can find good you can find good training in a twenty dollar a month backyard studio. Right, Not that you're gonna right. find one in twenty dollar a month, but uh, you're gonna find them in a backyard studio that's not gonna gouge you for uh, tuition plus uh, contract fees. Early right, cancellation right, fees. Right. Oh, it, it gets ridiculous. Now, P- Professor and Rusty, of course, you two are the ones with the brick-and-mortar school. You do have to keep them open, though. Right. Yes. You have to yes. charge certain fees, and maybe Tony and I don't have to because right. we don't we have less overhead than you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we've uh, got an, overhead. An, uh, one one popular one is initiation. Yeah, yeah. The uh, you know what's funny is that um, I went through a contract company for a little while in the uh, mid 1990s, and I decided to go against it mainly because number one, it was expensive. They were taking out right. like five five percent or close to ten percent of uh, of each person's tuition, each and right. Yeah, each student. And 
And if someone was late, even by two days, they would get the legal notices in the mail. And I'd have students freaking out. I'd have students quitting because they didn't want to get, you know, sued by the contract company or us because they thought that we were in cahoots with the contract company. And I'm like, oh, great. There goes my reputation, that kind of thing. Um, And I decided against the contract company because the contract company required that we charge um, an initiation fee or a initial mm-hmm. investment fee. Um, right. And it was back then, this was, and again, this was the mid 1990s. If you wanted your tuition to be a thousand something, something for a year, which technically was 65 or $75 a month in right. order to get the program down to that monthly uh, amount, you had to pay a down payment of $300 up front. This is in the mid-1990s. That was a lot of freaking money back then. Of course. It was a lot of freaking money now. Now, were there people that could pay that? Yes, there were, right? Right. And, you know, the the whole mindset being that if they invested in it, that they would value it because they paid out $300, right, for a down payment. And they're paying right. 75 bucks a month. They're going to come to class. You're going to show them, you know, how exciting martial arts is going to be. And they're going to stay. And they're going to get their orange belt and their purple belt. And they're going to continue. And you get to renew their contract after a year. You know, and I was like, oh, my God, I am gouging these people. You right. know, people were, you know, people were, like, making payments toward the down payment. People were, like, not yeah. paying their light bill. <laughs> And I didn't know this. I've had, I had some low-income people not pay, paying this bill or that bill just to pay that down payment because they really wanted what yeah, I had yeah, to offer, yeah. right? And yeah, I, when right. I found out about yeah. this, I was like, you got to be kidding, right? I'm turning into a McDojo. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's what I was afraid of. I didn't want to be a McDojo, but I wanted to pay the bills. And right. professor, you know what I'm talking about, right? Exactly. You know? exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's tough. And, you know, since then, my tuition has only gone up at the most 20 bucks. You know, you right. got schools all over the country that right. are charging $125 a month, $150, exactly. $210 a month. a month even. Gosh forbid if you're, if you, you have a whole family on your plan, right? Right. You know, um, but on the other hand, yeah, yeah, me too. You know, like it's, it's, it's all, it's pretty much all family here, but it's like, (laughs) that's the hard part is, you know, you have to charge as, as much as you can, but have it be fair. So it's affordable, but still pay your bills. Exactly. And, you know, that's the hard part. I mean, you know, right now with the amount of students I have, if I charged $150 a month for every person and not take into consideration any family discounts, I wouldn't have anything to worry about. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be bitching and moaning at Bob going, I don't know if I can afford coming to Burbank this month. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you know? But I don't do that. And it's like, you know, like Bob says, you know, you know, if you can find great schools out there that charge $50 a month in a community center 
you can find like you know just incredible classes it's just a matter of matter of searching for them but there are still a lot of people out there that that equate a dollar amount with the skill set of the right staff. exactly Exactly. You know, but then again, I've I've been to schools that charge two hundred bucks a month, and then I you know work with the instructors, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> no, you know, this isn't gonna work. Right. <laughs> oh my god. So, um, yeah, do you have anything to add about that, professor? Since you also have a brick and mortar school. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, as, as far as the you know the quality of teaching. And you know whether you know your, your school is uh, set up like a you know a, a million dollar gym or you've just got a dojo, mm-hmm. you know a dojo yeah. you have space, you know you've got enough room to get in there and do your business, you know. Now as far as the aesthetics, I'm, I'm just going to take a, a simple dojo and make sure that it looks appropriate, make sure that people are comfortable in there, that are that I'm uh-huh. a professional. But uh, I love what I got from Maya Angelou. She says. Pursue the things you love doing and do them so well, people can't take their eyes off you. And all tangible rewards will come as a result. You know, so if I have the passion to do this, this is what I want to do. Like like Bob said, I've taught in my garage. I've taught in my backyard. I've gone through all Mm -hmm. those days. Right. And when I have a child that comes and he looks over the fence at me teaching children in the backyard and he wants to talk to me and say, Mr. McDaniel, what do I have to pay to get in your class? All right, well, if I tell him this number and he has a hard time, but this is a cat that's looking over my fence every day. This is someone who wants to do it. How dare I not make a way to teach somebody who wants to do it? How dare I not make a way for that to happen? You know? Exactly. Those are the ones I want. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, if you if you want to do it, I want it. I've got to make a way. I've got to go talk to your parents. I've got to see what we can work out. And I'm going to make sure that these right. parents are training. I'm going to make sure they're training. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Awesome Very good. Uh, thank you. Yes, thank you. Because you know some hey. some some places just will not budge on their right. on their pricing. You know, I, I've got, I, I don't have it as a, uh, uh, as a requirement, but I do have a, uh, like a mental sliding scale, depending on right. the situation. Okay. Like if it's a single mother, mother, you know, and they, she's got three kids, you know, and, and, and on our, on our applications, you know, where do you work and stuff like that? You know, if it's mm-hmm. obvious that she's, you know, not a lawyer or a doctor or something like that, exactly. I'll be like, okay, exactly. you know, right. I'll take her aside and say, listen, listen up, you know. No, I don't want you to feel like you have to choose two kids right, out right, of your four. Right. I'll train them all for this much. Right. You know, will that be fair? You know, and most times they'll offer another twenty bucks on top of it or whatever. But we'll come to mm-hmm. a we'll come to an agreement, and I'll physically write out a different um, agreement for them right, rather than exactly. using the usual one that I have. And I go, here you go. Exactly. And if you have to change a date that you have to pay, you just give me a week right. notice and let's do it. Exactly. You know, you gotta, you kind of have to, you kind of have to, uh, you know, be flexible with, with people because I mean, let's face it in the old days, that's what you did. <laughs> you, you didn't exactly. deal with money. Exactly. You dealt with, you dealt with food. You paid your teacher with food. Yes. You paid your teacher with work. You paid them with, 
you know, stuff out of your own garden, you know, whatever, right. you know. Right, right. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, remember those days? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and if, you're, if you're a passionate teacher, you're going to make, you're gonna make it happen. If you are. You're exactly. going to make it happen if you're a passionate teacher. Yeah, definitely. And it's and, and, and that, that's I think that's the fun part. I mean, uh, like I uh, like I tried to say earlier, like we paid we paid my uh, escrima instructor with chewing tobacco because he chewed. So we come with this see? big roll, <laughs> big roll of uh, whatever he chewed. I forgot what it was, you know. And we'd all come and right. like you know, like ten rolls of, of chewing tobacco, and we like, <laughs> yeah, you know. And you know, of course, you know, we would pay money too. But it was like he was teaching out of his garage. He said, "Oh, I don't right. need it. I'm just teaching because." I love to do this and I want to pass it on. And we're like, Oh, screw That's that. Right. We're going to get tobacco. Right. We're going to bring him food. We're going to get into his kitchen and cook for him. You know, right. and this is, this is what we did. And, you know, it'd be great if, if, you know, teaching was like that again. <laughs> okay. So enough about money. Um, let's go to something else. Oh, then this is, um, what? Bob, oh, was that Bob or is that Tony? Oh, I can't. Um, okay. Uh, enough about money. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this now um, because I was talking to a student about this just a couple of days ago, and that's tournaments. Now, tournaments are they beneficial or do they only breed trophy chasers? Let's start with Bob. What are your thoughts on this? They are beneficial. To work on the craft. But they do breed tournaments. They do tr- breed trophy chasers at the same time. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen so many children break down crying because they didn't win anything or they didn't beat this guy mm-hmm. in this fight. Yeah. Uh, if it was just used to hone skills and not get that piece of gold. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It does absolutely breed trophy chasers or metal chasers. There you go. All right, Tony, your thoughts? Uh, I agree with him. It, it does breed trophy chasers, and it uh, it puts an air in the classroom that is very difficult to get over, this this bit of arrogance as mm-hmm. you watch as people go for that mm-hmm. prize. They, right. they tend mm-hmm. to... They tend to be a whole lot more arrogant. They tend to be a whole lot more pushy, shovey, you know, get in technique lines, and they're the guy that hits too hard or the guy that, uh, you know, puts way too much effort into what they're doing. And, no, it's, it, it, to me it's not worth it. I don't do competitions for that reason. Mm-hmm. Professor? Right, I agree. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I, I have a I have a belief in competition, uh, and, but if you're going to teach competition, you have to teach the full package. You know, it's that yin and yang. You're not going to teach right. half the, the yin and half the yang. You you're going to teach the yin and yang. So I make right. sure that I go through the mental aspect, how to prepare for it mentally, and what to expect. What I don't like about competition is if everybody's a winner, then it's not competition. Why did you just give ah, a medal to yes. everybody? You know, I'm giving yes. it to everybody. You know, you, you know, you're messing with my teaching style here. You know, because yeah. <laughs> I want them to improve. I want them to be better than what they were the day before. And if competition helps that, you're going to have competition in your dojo anyway. It's there. 
Right. You know, it's right. Mm-hmm. You know, so if there's competition in the dojo, let's get them to meet some other people. That's why I like open competition. You know, you meet other yeah. people, you meet different styles. Um, you, you, you're getting to meet people from, when you go to nationals, you got people from the, from the northeast, from the southeast, from the southwest, from the west coast. Mm-hmm. You're meeting all these different people, all these different styles. That's beautiful for martial arts. And they're competing. And they're building that character. They're building their self-confidence. If they didn't bring a trophy or a medal home today, what are you going to do in your next dojo class? You're yes. going to ask those questions. <laughs> You're going to work harder because you want to go back and you want to meet them. And, I can, and, and my, my cats that are kind of natural, and they go in and they do well, and then they come back with the arrogance that Tony's talking about because it, it is there. <laughs> it's there. So <laughs> it is. They, yeah. they come back with that arrogance, and I let them know they're not going to always be like that. You're not going to always go there and bring that gold home because those right. kids that you beat today are those people you beat today. Guess what they're doing in that dojo right now? They're yeah, training because they know they're going to see you again. Yeah. <laughs> training to see you again. And all this yep. mentally works on, that, on the mental aspect of competition and how to become a better person and how to become humble because when they kick your butt the next time, Boy, that just that puts you right there where you're supposed to be, you know? Exactly, yeah. And, I, and I, I, I was there. I was there as a competitor. But I'm going to tell you this. I remember when I was like 15, 16 years old, my seafood, Paul Jackson, asked everyone in the class, he says, why are you here? And I was one of the, the, the junior assistants, so it got, kind of got to me last. But he was asking all the people in class, why were they there? And, of course, it's, well, to defend myself and, you know, to stay in shape and I just want to be able to take care of myself and I, I need to learn how to fight, you know, and things like that. When it got to me, I remember clearly, 15, 16 years old, he said, why are you in here? And I said, because I want to do what you're doing. I wanted to teach from the early age. I always knew I wanted to teach. Now, I started out a, a dojo competitor, dojo teacher. If we competed, it was against each other. But then I wanted to go out and meet other people. So if I'm going to train you how to compete, I better learn how to compete myself. So that's when right. I went out into the competition world. And I got my tail wiped out. And I, I, I think uh, Cynthia Rothrock was on your show, and I called in and let her know that she beat me back in the early 80s, you know, when men and women were competing <laughs> together. You know, right. I remember competing against her and she beat me, but that was my training. I needed to know mm-hmm. what it took to be a good competitor. So I went against George Chung and Cynthia Rothrock and, and, and uh, Rooster Mullins and all those cats with those names back in the day. I watched Billy Blanks fight. We were in different weight classes, but I watched him fight, you know, mm-hmm. so that I could, I could learn these guys. And Steve Nasty Anderson, I watched all those guys right. fight. You know, Alvin Crowder. You know, Ray McCollum comes mm-hmm. out of Dallas, Texas. I saw him a lot. Yeah. You know, Linda Bentley. Mm-hmm. So anyway, oh, I'm yeah. there with these guys. I'm there with these guys. I'm learning how to compete. And I did. I taught a very, very, very strong competition team back in the 80s. And I'm building one right now that I'm on the East Coast. We do well. But we still go through the same thing. You're not going to win all the time, you know. So, so drop that arrogance. And then we come back to the dojo. If you didn't do well. You're going to train hard. So you're a better person today than you were yesterday. And that's my goal. Right. That's my goal. Right. How, the residual, 
how many people I taught from the 80s that contact me on Facebook now that maybe hadn't seen me in 20 or 30 years, and they're successful yeah. in their careers, and they say, thank you, Mr. McDaniel. Thank you, because they're better now than they were. And they gave that to martial arts training. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that, that's good to hear. Uh, that's, that's so awesome. Yeah, tournaments, you know, I, I'll agree with everyone that it can breed trophy chasers, arrogant people that yeah. think that they're, that they're, you know, shit doesn't stink, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> um, right. You know, you know yeah, I've, I've met people like that. Um, but on the other hand, also, you know, we also get um, the success stories like what Professor McDaniel is talking about. You know, when do I make it a requirement for my people to do tournaments? No, it's not a requirement. Not a requirement. Schools, not a requirement. No. Yep, I've seen schools that make it a requirement that they have to right. compete in at least you know however many tournaments before they get their black belt. I just don't like to do that. Um, but I, what I, I find I don't agree funny, with that. Yeah, I don't agree with it either. But you know what I find um, odd, not funny, haha, but odd, is that <laughs> with adults. Right. Um, if you say, hey, there's a tournament coming up, who wants to compete? It doesn't matter who 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 they are. They could be a green belt. They could be a brown belt. They could be a white belt. The adults will always say, mm, I don't think so. I'm not ready. And this tournament right. takes months away. Right. right. And right. And, I'll, and I'll go, oh, we have plenty of time to get together a, a kata for you or, or a exactly. farm or a weapon farm or whatever. Oh, no, I don't know. No, no. Well, you know. <laughs> You know, after some prodding, I find out from most of these people that it's not that they think that they're not ready. It's that they are afraid. Oh, you hit it. You hit it. You're right. You know, they are afraid of it. And these are adults, right? right? Uh, You know, most kids would be like, I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of scared. But they're not afraid to tell you that they're scared. Right. right. And you've got adults that don't want to tell you they're scared. You know, right. and and you have to like, you know, and then you have to explain to them, well, it, this isn't like, well, if you lose, then the pride of the school is resting on your head. It's not like that. <laughs> and right. I a, lot of, a lot of people do. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I remember like, gosh, years ago, one of my students came up to me just before he went on and he said, I'll make the school proud, Sifu. And I said, whoa, 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 come back here. Uh-oh. This ain't about making the school proud. This ain't about making the school proud. It's about you learning from right. this. Win or lose, you're going to learn something. Yes. Now get out yes. there. And, you know, and some people will actually think that, oh, my goodness, you know, my Sifu's, my Sifu's, my Sifu's reputation is based on this and this. No, it's not. <laughs> Oh my right. God! This is not like a kung fu movie where you have to like, you know, defend exactly. the honor of the school. That's just so corny, you know. Exactly. In, in that sense, when it comes to a competition, um, you know, like, you know, I'll I'll say that you know I competed a lot, teenager, and it was primarily to to get over my fear of competition because I was deathly afraid, deathly uh-huh. afraid. I I think. I think I was still a, a need-on in Potokukan Karate, and every time I went out there to do a kata, I was deathly afraid, like to the point of hyperventilating at the edge of the ring, going, okay, okay, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know? Yeah, but that makes so you a like, competitor. It means you are competitive, yes. 
yeah, I was definitely afraid. Until you, and then, you know, something happens. You get out there and all of a sudden you're still and you're not trembling. And then you tremble afterwards and this and that and the other. Mm-hmm. Um, the the medals or the trophies were just a way to tell me what I needed to work on. So if I got exactly. third place or second place, I went, exactly. whoa, I know exactly where I messed up. And I know where exactly right. where I showed down in my, in my exactly. form. Or I know exactly where I did not show commitment in my kumite, right? Um, so I'm like, okay, well, you know, I better, I better train harder next time because Margaret's going to beat me next time. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) You know, or, or I want to beat Margaret that time and or next time or whatever. Right. It it goes both ways. Um, but it actually took my, uh, wushu instructor, um, to let me know that it wasn't about the medal. It wasn't about the trophy. It was about me knowing that I, that I jumped a hurdle that, I that she go. knew I had, which was funny because go. she knew what hurdle I was, I was afraid of uh, right. before I started competing internationally. And she knew that hurdle was my uh, stamina. I was always afraid that I was going to run out of wind before right. the end of my whoosh. And I didn't want that to happen. And I trained every day, ran the stairs, ran seven miles a day, lifted weights and did all this other stuff to make sure my stamina was up and she kept telling me wow chill out you don't have to you don't have to go all hog wild on this and I'm like well I, <laughs> I never told her what I was afraid of but she knew what I was afraid of and she's like she looked me in the eye the first uh, the first uh, international competition she's like Rusty it's not about trophy or title it's uh-huh. about you get a hurdle do you understand right? and I went Whoa, she read my mind. This is freaky. There you go. There and, you go. Yeah. yeah. So with that burden off my shoulders, I went out there and I guess I nailed it. Right. right. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, and from that point on, it was like, wow, okay, now this is what I got to teach my people now. Because it was one thing right. to teach them how to be a competitor, you know, when you were afraid of being a competitor. It was another thing right. to be able to teach. And understand why they're afraid. There's, it's two different things. So I, so yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's a good and a bad side to it. So here, you hear that, students out there listening? If you're going right. to tournaments only to get a medal, if you're only going out there just to look good and to have bragging rights, you better rethink why you're competing. Right. Anyhow. Uh huh. All right. Okay, so does anyone else call in here? Nope. Okay, so let's remind our listeners about our phone number, 347-677-0699. It is a nice day here in Seattle. I don't think anybody's home. <laughs> That's why I think no. All right, let's go to another another topic that I've been wondering about, and that's the, the well, that won't work in the ring mentality. <laughs> <laughs> I have to laugh at this because it's like anytime someone posts anything on YouTube or or Facebook, it could be like an Aikido thing, you know, completely beautiful Aikido demonstration. There's always going to be that one guy. Well, that shit ain't going to work in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> or on the street. Or on the street, right. or on the street. yeah, or on right. the street. So. Let's get thoughts on that. What is it with the it won't work in the ring or on the street mentality? Let's go to Bob. Well, the people who say that have never been in either. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
<laughs> Bob, you're my hero, man. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you get a you get a yabba dabba do for that one. Here we go. Yabba dabba do. I love that soundbite. All <laughs> right. You don't I remember it because we're all old. Yeah. <laughs> yabba dabba do. All right. I love it. And Tony, what about you? <laughs> I thoroughly agree. Uh, I see so many people working so many different styles, so many different techniques. I try my absolute best to keep up with what I can possibly keep up with because in this form of Kenpo, what we try our best to do is be informed about all martial arts that's out there. And I'm sorry, I've said it before, I will say it again. All martial arts has its place. And to sit there and try to say that this martial art won't work in in the... ring or in the gym or, or it only works in the dojo is the same thing as saying that a fish is useless because it can't climb a tree. All martial yeah. arts has a different perspective in its systems or in its styles that their viewpoint yeah. is not always about the street. A technique that I have in Kenpo that I didn't mess with, didn't change at all, I know for a fact that I couldn't pull this off on my best day or my worst bourbon drunk, but it has (laughs) some of the most fantastic biomechanics in it. Uh And so I keep it around for those body mechanics. It has perfect body mechanics to it. And you can't take exactly. something that has perfect body mechanics and go, well, you know, I don't really want to teach this because, well, gee, I couldn't possibly do this if I had to. Well, right. no right. offense, right. but maybe you weren't supposed to. Exactly. Maybe mm-hmm. that was the whole entire idea behind it was these beautiful body mechanics that teaches you how to do things that you can do in the street. Yes. Or you exactly. might find that a small portion of that got you out of a fight or got you out of a situation that you never thought you'd be into before in your life. But I see the other one that I see is I see a a lot of like the taekwondoists and stuff like that who are jumping three feet in the air and kicking nine million times on different things. And I'm sorry, but to me it's beautiful. I mean, I'm sitting there with you know, I can't do that. I can't spin around five times kicking the entire time. My name is not Ken or Ryu. But watching these guys do that, I'm just in awe of the fact that they can, you know. And, exactly. And I see those exact comments. You're, you, that never worked. Well, stand yeah. there and let him kick you once and let's Thank see if you. it's never worked. He's going to kick you going up plus down. Yeah. Well, and the, and the, and the hip, think about the hip parts that they must need to be able to spin three times and throw three yeah. kicks. If yeah. they can have exactly. enough hip work. To do that, yeah. and if, if they put that much hip torque into one round kick upside your head, yeah. my God, yeah. you're what down head? for the count. Oh, yeah, what head? It's, I know, it'd be ripped right off your shoulders, right? And you know, thank you. Thank you for saying that because, right. you know, in tight heel, so we've got a lot of those beautiful postures that teach beautiful body mechanics that I have to warm up 10 minutes to do before a demonstration because I <laughs> yeah. can't do it cold right um but the you know but the my teachers always used to say we do it this this poetic way so that way when you do it the ugly way you're not going to hurt yourself 
And the ugly way right. is simply just a regular wrestling fireman carry. You're supposed yeah. to do it from, yeah. you know, you're not supposed to be squatting down in the splits. And I'm like, oh, I get it. And it's like, okay. So, you know, exactly what you said there, Master Tony. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts to touch on that, on that if you don't mind? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Go ahead. Real quick. Um, I have a really good friend of mine by the name of Grant. I can't give you his last name because his instructor, his Tai Chi instructor, is really, really, really old school Tai Chi. And his Tai Chi instructor <laughs> will not let him post anything whatsoever on Facebook. He will not let him share that knowledge at all. Even if he's perfected it okay. 100%, he is not allowed to pass it along. But the one thing that he can do is he can do a couple of, like, the push-pull exercises and stuff like that. And uh-huh. he was doing I, – I posted a couple videos out there on the 4th of July – where I was beating up on, on Derek, and a little later on, mm-hmm. Grant came over, and he's like, I, I, you know, Grant used to be a student of mine, and he's like, I, I want to spar with you, but I don't at the same time, so how about we do this? And I'm like, sure. And I spent the entire day completely off balance. I mean, he was shoving me all over the yard like I was mm-hmm. nothing. He kind of tossing me mm-hmm. around saying, okay, this is where you're off balance right here, and if I just barely push in this direction, I go flying. It's great. And I'm sitting yeah. there going, man, that is amazing. And I was like, and I watched him right. do a form for opening up his chi. I watched him do this mm-hmm. form that he says opens up his chi flow and this, that, and the other. And then most definitely I could feel it. I'm like, wow, you have gotten a lot better at this kind of thing. Right on. And, I mean, he was just, mm-hmm. you know, throwing me all over the place like I was just a newbie to it. And I'm not, not really. I mean, I don't practice right. it all the time or anything, but it, he does. And, I mean, it was amazing. And um, Derek made a mistake, and you're going you're gonna to love this. You guys know Derek. All of you have met Derek, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and you know how outgoing right. and stuff Derek is. And Derek goes, well, what are you going to do if I, if I, you know, snap with this back knuckle at you like this? And he goes, well, hey, why don't you snap with that back knuckle and watch what happens? And he did. And oh, all – <laughs> All Grant's arm did was circled perfectly, and it hit him right in the face. And Grant's like, see, that's your force, not mine. He said, and, and I'm not doing anything. I'm just letting this happen, and it's impossible to block. And I went, well, wait, what? That, that, impossible to block. And he said, yeah. And I said, Derek, bring your hand straight back. The next time you do this, when you back knuckle his arm, bring your hand straight back to your face. That still didn't work. <laughs> he did that, he back-knuckled him, and he brought his hand straight back, and before his hand was within a hand length of his face, he still got hit. And Grant didn't change wow. a thing. He didn't, he didn't <laughs> up his speed. He didn't do anything. It was just all just letting it happen, just natural, yep. like it was nothing. And, I mean, just blimp, and Grant goes, it's impossible. What you're asking him to do is not going to happen. You cannot block this. And I'm going, yeah, oh, i got to find a way around that. Yeah, then, you know, it, it, just, it sounds look, like, yeah. Oh, go ahead. But for anybody else to look at that and, and watch him, like, hit the, the form that he did for opening his chi or something like that, they would instantly go, I could take that. I could right, take yeah. that. Right. Of course. This wouldn't be a problem. Of course. Oh, yes, it would. Yeah. You bring up a good point, Tony, is that people that are seeing it from a third person, uh, mm-hmm. standpoint right like let's talk mm-hmm. youtube 
and I've called a couple of people out on YouTube because I'm just so sick of it. You know, there was this one guy on some, I don't know what, uh, one of the myriad of, you know, videos out there that people are bitching and moaning about. That's not going to work on the street. You know, he'd say, he, this one guy said, oh, I could so, you know, I would do this and I would do this and I would do this. You know, that's not, mm-hmm. you know, that's not anything special. So I wrote in, how many times did you rewind that video to figure that out? Right. <laughs> Yeah, how many times did you have to rewind that video? You have to understand mm-hmm. that the people in this video, they're experiencing this in real time. Right. So for that guy to check say, oh, that wasn't a real check, you know, that kind of thing, it's kind of like, well, they don't know what was going to happen. So right. it's right. happening in real time, you know. But you probably rewound that video five times to go, oh, I formulated my defense. Oh, oh, okay. Right. Against whatever, you know. <laughs> and it was Senior Grandmaster like, Parker oh used to say, it takes 2,000 years for a technique to be perfected, and it takes a minute and a half for somebody to say, I can find my way around that technique. He said, yeah. and then you're going to spend all day long showing that person all of the different things that the two of you could have done instead of that yeah, person could just have. shutting up throwing their ego to the ground and learning the technique and learning it properly and then seeing why everything else would not have worked if they would have just exactly. truly learned the technique. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, with that in mind, you know, what about, what about the people, this is kind of along the same lines, what about the people that, you know, like let's just say, because I, I meet people like this all the time, um, Okay, so let's say you've got like a, a teenager, a young person, like 18, 19, 20 years old. All they've studied is karate, right? And uh, they think that their karate style is the karate style. It is, it is the bee's knees. You know, it'll beat anything. And any other, any other way is a deviation from truth, so to speak. Right. So now we're talking in terms of like stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, for those people that are so stuck on just that one way and they're sure it works. But here's my thing. Here, here's my issue with that. It works against people of their own style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if a karate person is going to attack this. Kendall. Yeah. Right. You know. It works we do. We have against the Kendall. people. Yeah. Okay. Wow. You know, it, um, what, what do we tell these people? That, you know, things happen in real time and people are not going to attack you like they would in the dojo. Right. You know, I mean. What you tell those it, people you know, is this is in preparation for the possibility of this particular attack. If the technique calls for a right step through punch, there's not too many people out there that's going to do a right right foot, right hand step through punch to you. Mm -hmm. But at least you have a technique that does defend against that in the event that it ever happens. Yeah. That's also why we get into so many different techniques throughout all of the martial arts because we try to fill the voids as best as we can. As, mm-hmm. as martial artists, we try to say, okay, this will work for this, this will work for this, or this will work for this. But thing is, it's like I told one Ken Forrest friend of mine, you learn delayed sword as a grab 
lapel grab or somebody grabbing mm-hmm. your teeth. I learned delayed sword is somebody throwing a right-handed punch. Which one is correct? Mm-hmm. And the person right. just kind of looked at me and he goes, I, I can't answer that question. I said, no, that's the best answer you ever could have given. It is yeah. not an answerable question because it will work for both. And that's the point. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and so you take right. that particular person who says that this is the absolute best, this is, this is the end all, this is the be all, and you look them dead in the face and say you're exactly right for that given situation only. Yeah. It's exactly. Not exact, like you can't do that particular move right there against the kick. You can't do that yeah. particular move against a chokehold or against a sleeper hold. You can do that mm-hmm. particular move against a particular move that it, that is, is coming towards you, most definitely. Exactly. That's how I handle exactly. those kind of people. Yeah, very right. cool. Yeah, I, you, what about you, Bob? You know, Have you met anyone that's, that's been like that, where they're like, well, this is the end-all, be-all, and, and no other way is a way, no. blah, blah, blah. No, you know what, Rosie? I'm unique because I've been around for 40 years and I've never met anybody like that. Oh, <laughs> there you go, Bob. There you go. You're lucky or you're lying. <laughs> I know. But he goes with California. I know. <laughs> the the, the Venn's land we live out here, it's unreal. Uh, no, of course I have. Uh, taekwondo practitioners, karate practitioners, kung fu practitioners. Not so much kung fu practitioners, because as kung fu practitioners, we're typically more open-minded. I don't know why that is. And I don't know why I said that, because I just had to piss somebody off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the hard stylists, in my opinion have a less of an open mind and there is the the end all martial arts. Yeah, I call that the Cody mentality, the old school Cody yes. mentality. Yeah. But you know, I, sure. I I do understand, right? Because like when I was when I when I was doing Eido uh regularly in classes, um gosh, you know, the, the, there's a fierce sense of nationalism in a in a way when it comes to the arts of Japan and China, whoo boy, you know, China, my good goodness. You know, when I was teaching Wushu at my Sifu school, you know, we had, we had a few Chinese nationals complain that an American was teaching their kid. That was me. Okay. Right. They wanted a Chinese person to teach them Wushu. Right. And bless Master Hong's heart. She said, well, I certified her. And she is the best teacher we have in the school right now. Your point is, you know, what's your point, basically? You know, either your your kid stays or you can take them out. But she's teaching this class. And I'm just like, oh, thank you. Oh, my God. (laughs) I would have asked her if she ever saw a single movie featuring – uh, Bruce Lee, because uh, one of them uh, um, uh, crud. I can't believe I can't think of his name right now. Oh no, that's gonna haunt me. But uh, he beats oh, up no. the little Japanese guy who goes, "Who can do karate better than Japanese?" And then he walks. <laughs> oh, right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I, I Chuck don't know. Norris. That's who it was. It was Chuck oh, Norris. Oh yeah. He, yeah. He 
Yeah. Return of the Dragon? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's that's 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 pretty funny. That <laughs> what about you, uh, <laughs> Professor? You met you met those kind of people? The Yeah, but you know my, you know what? What I what, what I like <laughs> what I like <laughs> is I uh invite them into the dojo and sign a waiver and we just actually go through the techniques. <laughs> there you go. You know, and but here's I ran into most of my problems with the boxers. With boxers. Mm-hmm. Right. And so okay. yes, with boxers. And I remember this one guy, he's about an eighteen year old guy, real good with his hands, and him and I went through some some, some uh, punch rudiments and the first thing they say is, Now don't kick and I said, Okay, I won't kick but what they don't know, come on man, I got a Kempo base. I don't have to kick. You know, but they don't they don't understand <laughs> that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Exactly. So we're sparring, and I remember the guy looking around going, well, who was that that helped you? Nobody helped me. That was me. You know, but see, what you're looking for is these punches to land at a certain spot, and I can pop you anywhere on your body. We go through these yeah. rudiments called, I've got noble drills called seven drills to walk the body. All right? And this starts mm-hmm. from the front and wraps all the way around the body. I've got 26 strikes wrapping the body. I've got progressive hands wrapping the body. And the goal is to make sure that each punch gets to its target. doesn't matter if it's, like, super fast, super fast. Was it an effective punch? Did you hit your target? Did you use the weapon that you needed to use to get to that target? And we do this over and over and over again. And the lesser isn't the greater. So the more you practice, the more techniques you try to master. You only need three or four on the street. Mm-hmm. You only need right. three or four. You exactly. do it right, you need three or four techniques on the street. That's what you need. So, yeah, we might exactly. wrap the body, progressive hands or wrap the body with 50 strikes, but you develop those strikes, you master those strikes. All you need is three or four, you know, so you can hit him anywhere you want. And this cat, he actually looked, he looked around like somebody helped me hit him. So that was me, homeboy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Rusty, I, I can't believe it. I didn't think we were going to go this far. The world was out of time. We did, yes, we we did it, and well, um, so. gosh, you know, where did all the where did all the time go? You know, we're gonna have to do this again. Um, and, and in fact, I have someone on the line, and I told this person that we don't have the time to take the call. But what I'm gonna do, just for fun, is I'm gonna get on uh, Facebook and I'm gonna do a video live feed. So if you guys want to get on the comment thread and uh, continue on with this a little bit. You know, we can go sure. ahead and uh, we can go ahead and do that. So for people that are listening, thank you for listening. Uh, get on the uh, get on my personal Facebook page and look for a live uh, Facebook feed, uh, kind of like a video continuation of the show. And you can actually join in on the conversation in the comments box uh, underneath right, the live feed. So uh, we will talk to everyone next time. There is no live show uh, next Sunday because I'll be in Burbank and uh, no way to no way to broadcast. So we'll see everyone okay. next time. Bye bye everybody. Bye.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.